Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Speakers. Southwestern Speakers is comprised of top producing thought leaders, authors, and experts who deliver dynamic presentations that shift the hearts and minds of audiences worldwide. Our team of experienced agents can guide you to find the right speaker for your annual conferences, meetings, and events, providing outstanding service from start to finish. Southwestern Speakers goes above and beyond to elevate your event and offers additional programs to extend the impact of our speaker's presentation long after they have left the stage. Today we have a special guest, my good friend, Stedman Graham. Stedman is the author of Identity Leadership and Stedman's keynote speech about identity leadership is one I've seen multiple times and it makes me personally laugh and cry every time I see it. And so we're so glad to have you here, Stedman. Let's hop right into it, Stedman. I wanted to open up uh, asking you about vision. Vision is a big part of identity leadership. So I wanted to start just seeing what your thoughts were about creating a vision for your life. Yeah, well, when we talk about vision, the good book says where there is no vision, the people perish. If you don't have a vision, if you can't see beyond yourself, then you're not going to raise your social economic development. Now, this is really serious because when we talk about vision, vision allows you to see beyond your circumstances. Poverty is a lack of vision. Staying small is a lack of vision. Not being able to redefine your possibilities is a lack of vision. So a vision is what you see. It's uh, who you can become, not who you are. We know who you are. You know, you're doing the same thing over and over every single day. You wake up in the morning, you wash your face, you brush your teeth. You're, you're really in a fixed mindset. You're really not going anywhere. You have no growth. And that represents a lot of people in our world today who have no vision beyond their circumstances. That is so powerful. So the definition of vision, seeing beyond yourself, seeing beyond your circumstances, that is amazing. When you think about reaching your true potential, tell us a little bit about how you think people aren't reaching their potential and what do they need to do to do that? You know, that's a great question. And uh, it's a very serious question because what we lack is we lack consciousness. And when we lack consciousness and we're not in the present, when we're not educating ourselves constantly, redefining ourselves, we actually go back to our subconscious, which means we go back to our historical baggage. Mm-hmm. We go back to our trauma. We go back to our pain points. And we have that storyboard going in our head over and over. We have 50,000 thoughts a day. What are those thoughts? What are you actually thinking about? And if we're not thinking about the future, which is what most people are stuck in their past. They're, again, they're in a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, and there's no education around that. So you have to be able to understand how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. What does that actually look like? That's what education should be. It should be teaching us how to put the pieces of the puzzle together so we can paint the picture based on not where we are, but where we want to go. And that's constant. You know, if you're running a business, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are 
trying to become relevant with technology today. It's a learning process. So in my own life, I grew up not being a thinker. I grew up basically wanting to be a ball player, basketball player. I grew up uh, you know, with two special need brothers in my family, so I had a lot of pain points. I grew up in a situation where I had a race-based consciousness. I was labeled, and I bought into the labels, and I didn't know how to think for myself. And I didn't understand the value of information and education, how it can apply to your life, and how it can change your life. So when I discovered that later on in life, you know, being defined by race, being defined by family, being defined by my relationship with Oprah and all of that, what I realized is that, oh, it's, it's not how the world defines you. The most important thing is how you define yourself. You have to be conscious. You have to be aware of what you can redefine. And you got to be able to organize that around yourself. How do you create self-mastery? My message in identity leadership, which is self-leadership based on the philosophy that you can't lead anybody else until you first lead yourself, is that you got to work on self. And you got to work on self all of the time. All of us are equal because we have 24 hours. The question is, what do we do with our 24 hours? We have to work on ourselves. So when you are thinking through how to do that, I know we've had conversations over dinner about seasons and people living through seasons and things come, things go. How would you say people need to pilot seasons of change? Well, we're going through some tough times right now. We're going through the pandemic. We're going through climate change. We're going through all kinds of changes based on this. These changes happen and change is going to happen. And so your ability to be able to manage change, can you manage it? Are you qualified to do that? You know, what is your capacity? What is your internal capacity as a human being to be able to deal with the circumstances that happen every single day? How strong are you? How resilient are you? And that's an internal issue. I talk about with, with identity leadership, identity leadership is internal. You know, you can't be a leader trying to lead other people if you're not working on yourself every single day to be the best you can be. You're not going to be 100%. You're not going to make all the right choices. But what you can do is you can be flexible with change. You can be adaptable with change. You can manage change. You can do the best you can every single day. And it really becomes a habit. The habits that you create in your life every day will determine your existence in the future. So are you able to change habits, improve habits, build new habits, overcome old habits. And it's basically being able to create a new vision. It still goes back to vision. Well, who do I want to become? And what changes do I have to get through in order to become that? How do you take this negative event and transform it into positive momentum? What are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I would say that your self-esteem, ability to overcome fear, the way that you see yourself, the image that you have of yourself, it's very, very important. And it's very important because you got to have the confidence to be able to make decisions. And you got to believe in yourself when nobody else believes in you. It really is about controlling the situation. And you control it. You have all the power. The power that you have to make things happen, you know, most people are followers. They're looking for leadership. And leadership is looking for other leadership. They're not looking for followers. They can't do anything with a follower. They're looking for other leaders to make them better. So your ability to be able to empower yourself so that we have the intellect, the knowledge, the understanding, the, today the skills and the passion and the purpose in life 
to be able to be qualified and to be an authority in our field so that we make the right decisions and people have confidence in us in order to be able to make the right decisions based on our expertise as a person. So the key today in the 21st century is, are you able to navigate through all of the changes that we have to go through so that you can make good decisions based on your leadership? Man, that is so powerful. And I think a great example, and this might be part of the background that not many people know, is when you were able to start the program, Athletes Against Drugs, one of your first athletes that you met there in Chicago that now is one of your friends. Tell us that story and what that person does to win and redefine possible. Well, uh, I used to body double for Michael Jordan in his commercials, very <laughs> commercials in Chicago. And I set all of the scenes up and then he come in and shoot them because they're not paying him that, you know, they're they're paying him big money, you know. But I got a chance to know Michael in the very beginning when he first got to Chicago before he became Michael Jordan. And uh, it's just amazing how much of a leader he is, how much he actually works on himself as a human being. He tries to be the best person he could possibly be. He is an exceptional, tremendous individual that you can learn a lot from in terms of winning, uh, owning yourself, focus, you know, trying to be the best person you could try to be. And, and, and so that, that model is the same for all of your top athletes, all of your goats, greatest of all times, Muhammad Ali and, and Tom Brady, of course, and Kobe Bryant and all of those folks that are just exceptional. The process of success is the same for everybody. Nobody is any better than anybody else. The process is the same for winning as it is for one person, as it is for another person. It wouldn't make any difference where you live, who you are, what country you're in. The process of success is the same for everybody. And you know this from business. Business is business is business is business. That's why they teach it in universities and schools all around the country the same way. It doesn't change. The difference between success and not having success is information. So when I control the information, when you don't have the information, when you are going to a substandard school, when the information is dumbed down, then you're going to suffer. You couldn't be in a better situation than today because we have access to information. I mean, this internet allows us to download any information we want in the world. And if you don't have the information, you're not gonna make it. It's just that simple, which is why you write books, why I write books, and why other authors write books and thought leaders write books, because we want to be able to disseminate content that's relevant to self-empowerment. And we're fortunate to be in that business, to help as many people as possible, try to get them to understand how to self-actualize their potential, again, so they can raise their social economic development, so they can learn how to make money and create opportunities for themselves and their family. That's a major thing. Suppose the whole world had that mission and had that vision it would change the world. It would literally change the world. And you're friends with people who have changed the world. You were friends with Nelson Mandela and our friends with the Mandela family. Talk about someone who's changed the world. I spent a lot of time in South Africa early on during apartheid. I worked for a guy named Bob Brown, special assistant to President Nixon at one time, and a businessman and a former nominee for ambassadorship to South Africa. And with him, I would, we would travel basically all over the world. He met Nelson Mandela through uh, Mrs. King. He took Mrs. King over to South Africa 
And so we spent a lot of time with Winnie Mandela and uh, Mrs. Mandela. And then Oprah came over and she was very supportive of Mrs. Mandela and all of that. And, and when Nelson Mandela was released from prison, we were able to stay at this house for 10 days later on down the road. And she started building schools and she built the, uh, uh, the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for girls. And she got involved with it because Mr. Mandela asked her where she built a school. And she said, oh, yeah, I'll build a school. And she built one of the top schools in the world. So I got we got a chance to visit uh, and stay with him for 10 days, which was an amazing thing. You know, I, I don't know what else you can say about him other than you when you spend 27 years in, in prison and nobody breaks you. OK, they don't you're strong enough where they don't break your spirit. 27 years in prison and come out and you become the president of your own country and you change your whole country around. You talk about leadership at the highest level. He's the greatest leader that I know. Nelson Mandela had humility and man, he walked into a place, walk into the kitchen, say hello to everybody, speak to everybody. You know, he never made anybody at any level feel inferior. Humility is your strength. I mean, it's not the ego. The ego is, is like, that's false representation. You know, it's, that's acting big and going nowhere. The thing about humility, humility is like an open hand. A fist is having something that's real tight. Nothing can get in, nothing can get out. An open hand allows you to be able to access the whole world at every level. So the power of humility is that you have the opportunity to share yourself with the whole world. It's where your strength is because it opens up the opportunity to share your existence with everybody in the world. When do you know that leadership was the key to move you towards your purpose? Well, you know, when you study it, you realize, oh, it's about your ability to lead yourself. I mean, it took me a long time to get that because, you know, you're working on the outside world. You're told, go to school, you know, get your degree. I got my master's degree. I got my undergraduate degree. Get a job. I worked in the prison system. I played ball in Europe. I served the U.S. Army you know, before I started my own business and all of that. So you don't really get it. You know, it, it, you don't really understand the power of leadership. And so I, I had an opportunity because, you know, I, have, I live in all kinds of worlds and I get to see a lot of different things at different levels. You know, I'm very fortunate and I'm grassroots. So I'm community based and all of that. So leadership at every level counts. And if you yourself are not capable of being your own role model, you know, if you don't really support your own passions and your own purpose and your own focus and you don't love yourself, love is really the key here. So when I discovered that love is the key and you could tie that to who you are, you know, love can become very practical in your development because you can organize things that you love that makes you happy. And then you can take information and apply it to what you love. And it makes you a better person and puts you in a position where you can leave. When I discovered that principle, I realized, oh, it's about you and your ability to self-actualize who you are every day so you can serve other people and be the best person you possibly can so you can have more so that you can actually give more. What I'm hearing you say is leadership is a choice. A lot of people think that leadership's a sign, like you have to have a title to be a leader. And you're making a decision every day to be a leader and do the things that a leader would do. A leader in the room is the person that when they speak, other people listen and take action. That's all a leader is. 
Absolutely. You know, when you come in the room, when you walk in the room, they say, who is this guy? You know, I mean, he looks like he's qualified. He knows what he's doing, regardless of your title. I don't care about your title. Question is, what do you know? How do you think? And so we have different levels of thinking. So you want to be able to create an advanced level. I mean, what I try to do is teach people how to customize their own potential. You know, so they're not doing the same thing. They're not, they're not just average folks. We don't want average. Average is average. What we want, we want advanced people who take charge of their own development. How do you implement learning into your daily routine? I discovered these sample books. I look at these sample books, I download books that I might be interested in. And, and I probably have 500, 600 samples that I'm going to read. And so I, I, I go through that and I'm a speed reader. So I can go through that pretty quickly. And I'm looking for information. When you are focused, when you know your purpose in life and you know who you are as a person, which is very critical, you're able to source information. And when you're able to source information and organize information, because this is about organizing information, you're able to download content. And you take that content, you make that content relevant to your development. And then to take any book along those lines, any kind of other book, You're able to take information and and apply it to your development so you can make it actionable. It's an unbelievable opportunity to be able to download and become better today than you were yesterday because of your ability to learn. That's really the key. The key is how do you actually learn? Do you know how to learn? Because right now in school, we are taught how to memorize, take tests, repeat information back. We get labeled with a grade and two weeks later, we forget the information. So we're really not taught to learn. And if you're doing the same thing over and over every single day, which is, you know, you did the same thing you did yesterday as you would do today, as you would do tomorrow, whatever, you've done nothing, and you forget everything you learn, you got 50,000 thoughts going through your mind every single day, where's your focus? How do you apply the information? How do you take that information and make it relevant to your development? That's a very difficult thing to do if you don't have a process for that. You want to develop a process of continuous improvement where you're improving all of the time. Having those tips of understanding how to learn is really your key. How do you actually learn? What does learning look like? How do you apply information? How do you organize it? I mean, I write everything down. So if you're not writing things down, you're going to forget them. Organizing and creating layers of information that have a theme through them or that connect is a great way to create impact. And I have to tell you, being able to organize the culture of learning in every segment of your life, whether it's family, whether it's health, whether it's work, whether it's travel, whether it's hobbies, whatever it is, right, relationships, whatever it is, you're trying to create layers and layers of information that allow you to redefine possibilities based on that culture. So the culture is far more powerful than the lifestyle. Yeah. So many people flip that upside down, don't they? And they get into debt trying to have this lifestyle that's not rooted in the right culture. That's great. Here's one more question. What would you say to someone who is lacking vision? Well, if you're lacking vision, you're pretty much stuck on the left side of your brain. The left side of your brain is detail. You micromanage everything. You go so deep, but you have no vision. You can't see beyond your circumstances. And you have two sides of the brain. You've got left brain and right brain. So left brain is detail, organization. Your left brain, if you want to get something done, give it to a left brain person. No problem. But, you know, you need to work both sides of the brain. Genius is working left brain and right brain. 
right brain is visionary, big picture. You know, you need the energy of the right brain. So when you combine left brain with right brain, that means detail with vision, that is powerful. You have a vision, but you're able to set goals. You're able to organize a process for continuous improvement. You're able to uh, reach your vision. And then once you reach your vision, you create a new vision and you create a process for reaching that vision. And you just continue to, to live that way and create whatever you want based on what you want to achieve. You create the end. Where's your vision? And then you build backwards. It's a powerful step to create your vision. And love it. Well, so our closing question would be, how important do you think faith is and seeking the truth? How does that interconnect? Well, I think that when you talk about faith, faith is believing in yourself. And it's also believing in the unseen. It's having the faith that you can actually get something done, even though you haven't done it. And all of this is tied to love. All of this is tied to, again, focusing on what you can do as opposed to what you can't do. And then building a faith-based process and a faith-based program, you know, around yourself so that you first believe in yourself. You first treat yourself well. You first love yourself well. You know, you can't talk about any of this other stuff unless you can love yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you can treat yourself well, you can act it. You can act like you're doing something. You can fake it. Right. But who are you? I'm just trying to be the best person I could possibly be based on what I understand. And I'm trying to get better at that every single day. And, th- and there's no 100 percent person. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes and all of that. So our ability to understand how to believe in ourselves is a foundation for everything else we're going to build. Again, your empowerment comes with love. Uh, yeah. And then the law of attraction says whatever you put out comes back to you. So if you put out negative, you're going to get negative. If you put out positive, you're going to get positive. And so you can build a whole program around the existence of energy and love and care and faith and all of those things that are very important in terms of your development. And so that you can become the best person you can be so that you can take care of yourself and your family and the people around you and be be somewhat of a servant leadership to the world that you live in every single day, which is how you receive blessings. You receive blessings by serving other people and helping other people get what they want. And then they in return will reciprocate. It takes a long time to learn that, especially in business. You know, it's how do I serve the people? What's good for the people? What program can I develop for the people that's going to help the people? And then once you help the people and figure out what your customer wants and what the world needs, then what's going to happen? It's going to come back to you tenfold. I know I said that was the last question. We'll call this bonus question. What are some suggestions you can share with developing emotional intelligence, continuing that practice long term? That's a great question. The emotional base is very, very important. We talk about, you know, can you handle things? Do you have the resilience to maintain sustainability over a long period of time? Or do you have the discipline? Do you delay gratification, okay, when you need to? And so you got to work on that all the time. And you may not come with that because, you know, we grew up in that household with our parents for 18, 19 years. And, you know, we get all of this learned behavior, some good stuff, also some bad stuff. And uh, we become victims somewhat of that environment that we're in. Sometimes you're in a community that's not really evolved and something. We become victims of that environment. So it's about how we handle things. 
and our ability to be able to, again, I think the key here to any kind of development is to find your purpose and find out who you are. You know, and if you don't know who you are, it's a real stretch to be able to develop a strong emotional base because you're working on the outside world as a way to define your existence. You're defined by your house and your car, your money, your title, your friends, your job, all of those things that are really pretty much labels and that determine your existence. And sometimes they're socially constructed and designed to marginalize your existence. They're kind of a trap. So if you're not anchored in a strong purpose, if you don't know who you are and you're not focused on love as a way to define what makes you happy, then you're not going to be able to build anything consistently over a long period of time. You're not going to become an authority in your field, which is what the 21st century is asking you to do. And it's hard to be able to self-actualize your potential or create a vision or a plan because you don't know who you want to become. You have no idea of who you are, where you're going, and how you're going to get there. So how could you develop a plan? How can you build common values uh, around what you need to have in order to be successful? How do you build a dream team? You first have to tell me who you want to become, you know, what you're trying to do before you can set goals for that and before you can create a vision around that. Uh, so it's very important to be clear on your purpose in life. And without your purpose and without an identity, you don't have a chance because you're stuck in the world where the world is going to tell you what to do and you become a follower to the world looking for value on the outside and not knowing that your strength and your power is all on the inside. In summary, self-awareness is the most important step of being emotionally intelligent. There's self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, social management. And Stedman is clearly identifying the most important step is the first one is self-awareness. And when somebody's not aware of what their circumstances are, it's hard to change and to become a leader. What are your talents? What are your skills? What do you love? What do you care about? How do you organize all of that? So these are skills. This is a skill-based society. These are skills you have to develop. And you have to read about these skills so you can understand what skills to put down so that you can work on those skills so you can be able to take charge of your own development today. 30 years ago, the community would take care of us. Now everything is focused on you. This is the you economy mm. where you have to take charge of your own development and raise your own social economic opportunities. Drop the mic. That's it. That's the whole thing right there. Uh, Stedman, this has been so fun. I appreciate you so much. You are amazing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and Twitter at Catalyst underscore action. Thanks for listening.